Here's Charlene Steinkamp. Lord Jesus, I just praise you. I thank you for everything that you have done tonight, all the prayer requests that we've had, all the praises. We are going to open the Word of God, and we're going to ask that we would feast at your banquet table tonight, that we would open up the bread of life, and that you will give us direction, and you will guide us and direct us in each and every one of our storms, each one of our circumstances. Lord, we just ask that you will show us how to stand from regardless of the circumstances. Lord, we just praise you. We thank you that your word is all we need. We need you, Jesus. And we just thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And you are going to be the greatest counselor. You're going to be the greatest physician. And you're going to be the greatest architect and builder and rebuilder of our marriages that are going to be rebuilt on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would go touch every one of the prodigals around the world and you would touch their heart and heart take the heart of stone and turn it to a heart of flesh. Lord Jesus, we know nothing is too hard for you. We ask that you would go and touch our children and take the rebellion and the disobedience away from them in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you would restore our homes on the solid rock of Jesus. And we will give you the praise and the glory for all that you're going to do in healing, restoring, and rebuilding our marriages. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Standing firm in faith is probably my favorite topic because I became a woman of faith almost 20 years ago. Stand firm in your faith. The scripture I want you to start with just popped out at me back several weeks ago. Isaiah 7 verse 9. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Do you know that God has called you for a special assignment? Are you willing to be like Abraham, like Moses, like Mary, and accept the assignment that God has given you? This is a narrow road that we are on, and we are at the end times, and it is going to be harder to be a Christian. And that says in the Bible there will be persecutions, but we need to stand firm in our faith. And I want to go to some scriptures tonight, and let's start with Exodus. Exodus 14, verse 13. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And this is a scripture that many, many of you know. And there may be new people that do not know it, but it's a scripture of victory. It's a scripture of circumstances that it looks like the objections are going to kill the Israelites. It looks like it would have been better if Moses would have left them in slavery. But God, Moses was being obedient to listen to what God told him to do. And he told him step by step what to do and how to go against Pharaoh. And then the Egyptians came after him. It says in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the wall so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. 
I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of the Lord, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind him. And the pillar of cloud also moved from front and stood behind him, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground and with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them up into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of the chariots come off so they had difficulty driving, and the Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. I pray that each of you will come to the point that you know in the darkest of storms, regardless of your divorce or regardless of your separation, I am saying to you, seek your Lord and follow him and listen to him and believe, believe in his power. We need to believe that he can do anything. And let's turn to Mark 1037. With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And we have got to get to the point in our Christian walk that we believe without any doubt that God is able to take us through the deepest waters that the Lord is going to give us a light at the end of the tunnel. We need to have faith to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. To have eternal life, you have to have faith in your God that you accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Verse 4, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. By faith, verse 5, Enoch was taken from this life so he did not experience death. Verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Strong words. By faith, verse 7, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. That is where God touched me 18 years ago. By faith, Charlene was told to believe for things that were not yet seen, and I did it in holy fear of my Lord God. 
And I pray that's what you're going to do tonight. I pray that because of your holy fear of the God who created the heavens and the earth, that you are willing to live in holy fear of God and build an ark for your family to save your wife, to save your husband, to save your children. We have children now that are just rebelling because of the rejection and the pain and the hurt and the torment that has gone into the families. And the children are saying, I need a mom and a dad. I need people to love each other. And that's the way God created marriage. That's the way he created Adam and Eve. And we, because of sin, because the temptations of the world have fallen. And we need to say, God, I am willing to pay the price, to walk the narrow road, to pick up my cross and follow you to the day I die. And when I get to heaven, it's gonna be well done, thou good and faithful servant, well done. And I'm gonna reward you. I only want to hear it from the Lord. I want to hear Jesus say, you did what I told you to do. The Holy Spirit saying, I was there all the time to fight the fight, but you never looked to me. You did it in your own way. You chose to be disobedient and not pick up the cross. You chose to go on that wide road and follow the group and listen to all the people tell you what part of get on with your life don't you understand? What part do you not get that your spouse is never, never, never coming home? I know that pastors don't know what to say anymore. They have run out of words. And it is hard when your church is being attacked by divorce day in and day out. And the deacons and the boards are having divorce attack their homes. We have got to pray for the men of God to stand up for the righteousness of the Word of God, for the holiness of the Word of God. And we need to say, help us believe for a miracle, for the healing and the restoration of our family. And it's not popular. And your pastor may be one of those that have become silent. Maybe they're the ones that saying, I don't know if God can do this for you. I don't know how long you're going to have to wait for this miracle. But I want you to go back to Hebrews 11 and say, when God told you or Noah to build an ark, he did not go and announce it to 50 other people. He told Noah only. He didn't go tell his wife. He didn't go tell his children. He told Noah and I think we have got to come to the point that we learn God's voice. We need to say, Lord, write it on the wall, scream at me, holler at me, show me and tell me two or three times, whatever you say, I will do it. And I'm going to write it down in a journal and I will go back to the journal and I'll say, thank you, Lord. You told me on this date to do it. You gave me this sign. You gave me this confirmation and you gave me this dream. You gave me this vision. You gave me this sign. I know I've been there. I've said, Lord, I need one more sign. And another year goes by. I need another sign. No, I need five more signs, Lord. I just need to know that I'm on the right road. And I would say it over and over again. And my God, my Heavenly Father, who loves me just like he loves you, says, oh, daughter, 
Oh, ye of little faith. All right, here's another sign. And he will give it to you over and over again. I just want you to know that as much as you love your children, he loves you. And he's saying, I know the plan. I know the purpose. I know what's going to end up being done. Let's go to Hebrews 11:7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed, and even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in a promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered himself faithful who had made the promise. And so by faith, one man, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. People, that is faith. That is faith. And I know that when you have your marriage restored and in five or 10, 15 years, when you're sitting with your grandchildren and you're telling the story of your history and your heritage, you are going to be able to tell them how this all played out. Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to accept this call, accept this assignment? God wants his children saved. He died on the cross and paid the price for all children to be saved. And that includes you, your spouse, and your children, and your family, and your loved ones, and the people you're around. Are you firm and steadfast in your convictions? So many times we can be strong in our homes. We can be strong in our prayer time. We can be strong as we play praise music on the way to work, or we can play praise music on the way to church. But when we get into our Sunday school class, get into the worship service, and we run into all the people saying, how so-and-so, what's happening? And you start repeating the circumstances and you start speaking doubt and fear and, and all the things going on. All of a sudden, you pulled up your faith and you threw it out the window and fear has come in and it's paralyzed you and, and circumstances have come in. How strong is your conviction of what you're supposed to do. You need to have strong conviction. You want to do with me whatever it takes. I told Bob, I'll be here till I'm 80 years old, rocking in this rocking chair forever. And I said, but God's will be done. But Bob, you're going to come home because God told me you're coming home. And God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it for me. And I think that we have got to quit saying, what about if I'm wrong? Because God has spoken to you over and over and given you signs and answers and scriptures. And he keeps telling you over and over, how many times does God have to tell us to be like Sarah and Abraham? I've got a plan for you. You're going to have a baby. And Sarah says, oh, it's taking too long. So maybe... 
Maybe I need to give you my maidservant. Maybe that's how God's going to do it. Now, that's not what God said to Abraham. But Sarah meddled, and they got to go around the mountain of disobedience. And then there was an Ishmael, and we're still paying for that Ishmael. And I say to you, please, don't be disobedient. Be obedient and stand. Know what you believe and stand up regardless of whom anybody tells you that you may be wrong. Because I have a woman and a man in in Washington State that are having a beautiful restoration and they're rebuilding their marriage. And the man got saved and sanctified in a church that just gave up and having their marriage restored. They gave up years ago. But God came knocking at the door and says, your miracle is here. And God did a miracle and is doing a miracle, an awesome miracle of this family being restored. And their marriage date is set and they're planning a beautiful wedding. And I say to you, don't quit too early. Be men of courage. Be strong in the Lord. Do everything in love. And boy, verse 14, unconditional love. Do everything in love. And it's hard when your spouse is being very ugly and very unlovable that you need to do everything in love. It says do everything in love. And I I can remember the anger, the bitterness, the hatred, the revenge that I would have liked to have taken on my spouse so many times what he was doing, not just to me, but to my children. You know, I didn't care about me after a while. You don't care after a while what he's doing to you, but you care what he's doing to the children. You care about the rejection and the pain that he's causing the children, the example that they're setting for your children and how that the ungodly lifestyle that we have spent so many years teaching them the right from the wrong. And then all of a sudden, all of that is gone and it's all wrong is all right now. And the wrongs aren't right. Wrong is wrong. And we have to try to take that road and so ever carefully teach your children right from wrong without condemning or criticizing or judging your spouse. It's a narrow road. It's a hard road. But God says, love them unconditionally. In Romans 12, it says, bless those who persecute you. And that's hard. But you know what? You ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up with his love. Say, Lord, fill me up. Every day, fill me up. Lord, I need more love. I need your love. I need your agape love to come in me. So be courageous. Know what road you're on and make a difference. Make a difference. Be like John Walsh and so many other people that have made a difference around the United States and America and the world. Instead of quitting because of the pain or withdrawing, choose to have faith, conviction, and courage. They are essential ingredients you need for success and you need for victory. So are you willing to join God's army and say, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to have conviction and courage. What is your passion? What is your burden? Then put God and say, Lord, help me to have that passion. Help me have that burden and to fight against this evil wickedness that's going around of this divorce that's attacking not only the church but the nation the world and may we become tenacious and steadfast and not be moved from the circumstance let's go to ephesians 6 
Ephesians 6 is one of my favorite scriptures that God gave me at the beginning of my stand as I did not know that I was supposed to get dressed for the army. And I did not get dressed, and that's why the enemy was able to get into our home so quickly. I must say, we've had praise reports recently of God protecting husbands and spouses from accidents that were life-threatening. They walked away because of God, of the praying of the armor of God and the protection of the blood of Jesus, but us praying for our spouses. People pray. God moves and answers prayer. Ephesians 6, let's go verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord. That means you're supposed to be steadfast. Be strong. Have courage. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. May you remember you have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's left us with the Holy Spirit. And it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is not your spouse. And you know what? It seems so impossible when your spouse is spewing out the ugliness and the, the curse words and all the evilness every day of taking you to court, taking you for every penny you have, trying to take custody of your children. I know that it appears that your spouse is the enemy. It says here, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spirit spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on, you have to put it on, you have to get dressed and put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Not some, but all of the arrows can be blocked by your faith. So go back to read Hebrews 11 and read Hebrews 11 till your faith is increased to where it's going to be like Abraham or Enoch or Sarah or Mary or Paul or as John the Baptist. You have to have faith. You have to be willing to die for the cause of Jesus Christ for your family. He's not going to ask you to die. He paid the price. He shed his blood on the cross. The price has been paid. And may we never forget that. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. I asked you at the beginning, are you standing firm in your faith? And I pray tonight, if you haven't been, you're digging your feet into the ground and you're saying, I am not moving this time. I'm not going backwards anymore in my stand. I'm going forward with faith, with conviction, with courage, and I am going to take the shield of faith, I'm going to block the arrows, and I am going to walk in victory. And we've got to get excited that we can defeat the enemy. We need to not bow down to a yoke of slavery or bondage like our spouses have fallen to. We don't have to give up and let the devil overtake us. Let's go to James. 
James 4, 7. We become so defeated by our circumstances, and we've got to walk in faith. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. But he says the first thing we need to do is we have to surrender. We have to submit to God. And we have to resist the devil, that he will flee from you. You have to know that you know that with the blood of Jesus and the word of God and the sword of the Spirit, that the devil has to flee from you. You have to say, go in the name of Jesus, and he has to go. We need to speak it. We need to utter it when we're in the hottest of fires. We need to say, Lord Jesus, help me. In the name of Jesus, help me, and he will help you in ways supernaturally that you cannot even begin to imagine. And we've got to learn this. Let's go to James 5. You're right there. Just flip over to another page. Verse 7. We need to understand what our call is, what your assignment is. It's like Mary being told by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like Mary having an angel appear and give an assignment that you're going to bear the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And at the sixth or seventh, eighth month of her pregnancy, she says to Joseph, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I've changed my mind. I am going to refuse to have this child. I'm not going to be the mother of Jesus. And she just walks in straight disobedience. Here she was going to birth the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you know what? I believe that's what God's saying to us. You know, I have such a mighty plan for you. Let's close with 1 Peter 5, verse 9 to 11. 1 Peter 5. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We worship you and we adore you. We love you and we want to serve you. We do not feel worthy to bear the name of Christian with what we're having to walk through right now as we read Hebrews 11. There are such men and women of pillars of faith, but you're asking us to walk in faith, standing firm in faith, and have the fear of God to be obedient to your will and to your way. Lord, help us to stand firm in your faith, May we stand firm in faith, knowing not only for our spouse, but for our children and our grandchildren in years to come, for generations to follow. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose that you want us to stand in the gap for the sanctity of marriage, that you hate divorce, for the purpose of restoring, rebuilding the marriages 
on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. I pray you will rekindle and reignite the love in marriages around the world. I pray for the children that you will heal all their wounded hearts, the rejection, the abandonment. I pray you would remove the rebellion that is going on in homes around the world with rebelling of teenagers due to the disobedience and to the sinfulness of their parents' lifestyles. Their standards have just walked away for their children. Lord God, I pray you would just guide these standards to know your will and your way of how to walk the walk and to talk the talk. I pray that you will guide every step and that they would get higher and higher with you each and every day. I pray that they will read the word of God every day and say, Lord, speak to me today. What is your lesson for me today? And I pray that you will have time to pray with your Lord, not that it's a long period of time, but you need to talk to Jesus throughout your day. You need to ask him for help at work or at play or at home. He needs to be your spouse for this time of need. In this time of your life, he is going to be your spouse and he will never fail you or reject you. Lord, I pray tonight that if anybody is not standing firm in their faith, that you will touch them and get them convicted and pull them back from the road of a detour road and bring them back to you and repent and turn from their lack of faith and, and turn back to you on fire with courage and faith and walking victory, knowing that what you've said will be completed. You will be blessed. Your marriage will be restored and God will get the glory and honor and the praise in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.